Welcome everyone to this episode of This One Time at OU. And today I'm with Devin. Hello Devin, how are you? Hey Tim, how's it going? Great. We're going to explore Haunted Athens. I know we've done an episode on the ridges, but the deeper I got into Athens and its folklore and the paranormal activity was just fantastic. And what a great story. But before we get into that, I'd like to say Happy New Year to everyone. Devin, how was your Christmas? Christmas is good. It's a good holiday. It's always good to reconnect with family and just be away from work and decompress some, I think. Yes, because uh, you have two OU alums, and they were probably both home for the holidays, so hopefully you guys talked a little of OU. We did. Yeah, it comes up more and more. Like, you kind of run into different people at parties that you didn't know, and everybody seems to have some sort of OU or Athens connection, so that's always fun. How about you? Good. Same thing. I live in Richmond. I came up to Springfield with family and friends, and uh, we have a mutual friend, uh, Chris. His daughter goes to OU, so she was excited yeah. about the podcast, and so it's good to have some younger listeners. Great. Well, let's go ahead and learn about Haunted Athens. And first, let me say that neither Devin or I are experts of Haunted Athens, and there seem to be. There's books, TV specials. Uh, it was rated the 13th most paranormal a place in the United States. Yeah, it seems like they dropped off the party school rankings and increased on the haunted rankings, but I guess that's where it is. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's, that's probably better for grades, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Well, you, you know, when we first started this, this podcast, we talked about how Athens kind of gives you a special feel when you go there. And maybe this uh, aura is really the ghost and... Uh, the occult and the paranormal that lives there. Some of the ghost hunters will say that this uh, is because of the hills and valleys and it traps the spirits and the essence of the occult. Uh, again, not an expert, but I do know that this has been going on since the 1800s. And we're going to go in to learn about some things that you might not have heard about. One of Athens County's most famous uh, places known for its spiritual presence is Mount Nebo. I'm not real familiar with that. I'm not even sure where it is, but I don't know that it's in Athens County. Are you uh, familiar with where that is? Um, not until I looked on the map, and I can say that we drove around a lot looking for different places to fish and just driving in general. And I don't remember running into um, Mount Nebo or any of the cemeteries there, too. It seems like some of them are not as well marked, sort of like family plots almost. But, yeah, that makes it even more, you know, I say spooky. More interesting, yeah. yeah, it's more interesting to come across those type of things than it seems like other people haven't seen as as much. Yeah, and I found in my research and some articles that I read that uh, some of the cemeteries are on private land now. But Mount Nemo is the highest point in Athens, uh, Athens County. And then during the mid-1800s, there was a family called the Coons, and they would have seances. Um at their house and these seances became very popular uh, i don't know why mount nebo was, was chosen but in, in some of the research i found that a gentleman who was the author of ghost hunting ohio said that the uh, shawnee indians who lived there wouldn't hunt or camp in the area because they considered it too s sacred now the coons moved there and they had seances that really brought a lot of people um that would come you know for weeks to get there and they could feel their hands clammy when they held together and they could hear music and noise directly coming from the spirits 
these parties became so popular that they had to build a separate cabin. It's like, okay, hey, we have a guest house. Who's there? It's just for, uh, not for the ghosts, but just for people who travel for these seances. And that seems, you know, mid, mid-1800s, I, I wouldn't think public opinion would be very, very strong on seances. Legend ha- has it <laughs> for the Coons' house and their seance that uh, these spirits drew up sh- uh, shopping lists, even, that included guns, musical instruments, and other humanly possessions that they missed. It's kind of like when you go away, what you miss most from home. Uh, so that's, you know, maybe their their afterlife wasn't as much fun as when they were living in Athens. And how could it be, right? Seems unlikely. But yeah, it yeah. just, and how the, the news of these type of things spread in those days is just also fascinating. Like, how would you get the word out? You can't post it online, right? So it's just <laughs> word of mouth and stories grow. And it's just, just fascinating how that evolves. Yeah, particularly like, hey, want to come to a seance and meet some uh, uh, some ghosts in Athens? And yeah, you're right, because they, let's say they traveled three weeks. By the time the three weeks, uh, you know, it took them probably six weeks to find out about it. And, you know, I guess they can just pack up and go for a seance. That, that over overrides the harvest and, and the chores at home. Well, there's one interesting place, Stroud's Run. We knew it for fishing and hanging out in the summer. But I didn't realize that that was also haunted. Uh, my research, I found that in 1962, a 31-year-old OU professor, he hit his pregnant wife over the head with a crowbar. Then he put a plastic bag over her head. And then he placed the body in a steel drum and uh, dumped it into Dow Lake at Stroud's Run. And the ghost of Mrs. Stees uh, has been walking the water's edge, wringing her hands in grief uh, ever since it occurred. Interesting there, Gene Isaacstees, who was, who was the murderer, escaped from prison in 1972, and he's, he's never been found again. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, I also read about Stroud's Run, where the last buffalo in Ohio were killed there, and the ghosts still haunt the shores. So I, uh, I don't know. Uh, not, I didn't see any any buffalo ghosts when I was out there, or I didn't see the lady who was, who was hitting the head with the crowbar. I guess I'm probably thankful for that. I don't know. I think a buffalo ghost would be kind of cool. Maybe. Yeah. You, as long as it was happy. <laughs> but then, you know, you try to, if that did happen, I could see telling my roommates, Hey guys, you never guess what? I saw a ghost of a buffalo. It strides around the lake. Tim, go back to bed. You, yeah. know, you, you, you Don't drink so much. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> And then another one I found that was kind of outside the norm was in Moonville. I think we talked about on a previous episode, there was a place where people go skinny dipping out at a pond near there. But legend has it that it was a chilly night, November 4th, 1880, and the engineer Theodore Lawhead was heading down the train tracks, going into a tunnel, and they didn't see anything. And then out of nowhere comes another light. And turns out the two trains were running uh, directly towards each other, and they did uh, collide, and it uh, killed killed the engineer uh, and a fireman on board from Chillicothe. They were both killed instantly by the collision, and the uh, this is really a, a mistake of the train dispatcher that said, "Hey, you shouldn't have had two trains." So it wasn't so. Uh, 
spooky that they collided, but that their ghosts still happen, uh, still are seen there, and you can see them holding a, a lantern to say, "Hey, you know, take note, another train's coming." I think maybe to uh, to ward off that from happening again, because it was pitch dark, pitch dark, and then all of a sudden a light appears. This light turns out to be another train. Everyone instantly killed. And that's near Stroud's Run too, like out Route 50. Um, I'm not sure where Moonville is. Uh, you know, I, I need to check up on that. And then probably another non, uh, more of the, of the famous one was which we talked about when we did the ridges with Roz, one of our our most uh, famous haunted hot hot haunts at Athens was the ridges, and of course the most famous story there. Well, I don't know most famous because you have the cemetery where the the graves aren't marked. But was Margaret Chilling, who we uh, talked about, was went to play, as legend goes, went to play hide-and-seek with some of the staff, and, and they couldn't find her. And they find her clothes neatly piled up a month later, and, and she's dead. And where she died, the stain on the floor can't be washed, can't be painted over, can't be scrubbed. It always appears and you know we probably need to have an expert on the ridges because there is a lot we touched on it but that was not a nice nice place and no. you, know, you can see remnants of it today i know you've been there the tb ward is still not uh, a touch nine out of patients nine out of excuse me nine out of ten patients who had tb died yeah that's not a good basement. outcome no, the basement's where they kept high chairs for kids, and they had high chairs and chains, and people say they can still hear the chains rattling. I mean, they did 21 lobotomies a day, and they also have um, 2,000 people buried there. So certainly, um, that is probably the most popular haunted spot in Athens, which kind of brings us... Um, it ties into a couple more stories where we have our cemeteries that are haunted in Athens, and then we'll get to the dorms. But we'll talk about how that ties back to the ridges in just a second. Uh, the, the cemeteries, uh, I, I, like you said, I wasn't aware. I only knew where a couple of them were. But very, very, very haunted. Uh, there's five cemeteries that uh, make a pentagram around Athens. And in the center of it is Wilson Hall, which we'll talk about in a minute, because Athens not only has the area haunted, cemeteries haunted, but also the campus haunted. And a lot of people think that it was built, the entire campus was built uh, near a, in some places, including Wilson Hall, was built on a ancient burial ground. So that has a lot to do with the hauntedness. Uh, one of the most famous cemeteries was Sim Cemetery, and he was... John Sims was a townsperson who didn't seem like a nice guy. His whole thing was like, oh, sentencing to death. And people say that there's the tree and you can still see the rope marks at the cemetery where they used to hang the folks. A Hanning Cemetery is, uh, it's H-A-N-I-N-G, is one of the cemeteries that uh, is part of the pentagram. And then the spirit of David Tishman who's a high university student killed in 1970, was contacted during a seance in the cemetery, but no one knows that there's any connection between Tishman and the cemetery. One that I did know about, and you probably uh, know about, um, was the West State Cemetery, where it has the angel yeah, that's the, shed tears. Yeah, that's the big one on the way out of, out of town, headed west. Yeah. And it's known for uh, having... 
the angel there, the weeping angel, that you, you can see her cry and mourn over the dead. And that goes back to 1806, which is uh, a long time to have the same story of the weeping angel. And that, I always thought that was interesting. Another thing is that before I forget about the, the Haining Cemetery is that their haunted part, in addition to the seance they had, they also have, uh, you can hear male voices yelling at night to get out, get out. You know, it's not a place for the living. And so uh, certainly I'm dying to go back to Athens and just do a ghost tour. And, and there are actually ghost tours of Athens and they kind of different groups put them on at different times. I think throughout the, the history, it's been student led. It's also been local led. I'm not sure what the current flavor is. So uh, pretty spooky. What was the um, if you went out by Miller's Chicken, what was that? That, that was that, that is the way. Yeah. yeah. OK, gotcha. Gotcha. OK. Um, well, we mentioned the five cemeteries that form the pentagram, um, and that's Cuckler, Higgins, Zion, Hunter, Slaughter, uh, Mansfield, and Peach Ridge. Now, some of them are right next to each other, so it depends on how you kind of count the pentagram. The pentagram has five cemeteries, but there's more than five cemeteries actually in the area. Yeah, and you can, but that's the ones that if you, it definitely puts Wilson Hall at the center. I think. Yeah. West Green, which, specifically. Yeah. Which is a great segue. Perfect timing, Devin. Thank you. Well, we talk about uh, Wilson Hall, and I would say that that's the most haunted place on campus. Uh, and, and, and the reason is because of the five cemeteries, former Pentagon, in the center is Wilson Hall. And legend has it there was a student there uh, that went to the ridges to see the stain of Margaret Chilling, touched it and, and was very moved by it, became possessed, uh, went back to her dorm and she was studying the occult and in room 428, um, she tried to bring back some of the paranormal and performed a paranormal astro projection which i think is when you tie your world into to that world are you familiar with the astro projection that's kind of what i gathered yeah that's what i got i didn't had never heard of it until i until we started doing more research here and that's just crazy my kids actually my son did live in wilson that room is still closed off but yeah yeah i saw a tv uh, special on the sci-fi channel where some students went in there and it turns out that it's uh it's a boiler room now so it, ah. You know, did they turn it, did they close it because of the killing, or they said, hey, this makes sense to put a boiler room in this one. So Extra energy. Or not? Hell yeah, good thinking. That's exactly why they did it. <laughs> like, uh, this will save, save on our electric bill. Carbon footprint minimized by astral projection. <laughs> yeah. That, um, but she killed herself, and, you know, their suicides occur all the time in the United States and as well on campus. So I think some of these these dorms were haunted of the fact that someone killed himself. But this one, uh, it was blood splattered on the walls. It was the real deal. It was right from a, a, a Stephen King novel, I believe. I also learned about some other dorms. Uh, uh, Brian Hall, uh, and this was about a student who hung himself and you can hear him rummaging the halls. And it's interesting when you read a lot and you study this, a lot of people hear water running and marbles on their ceilings, like on the floor above. So if you were to drop marbles and they kind of bounce a little bit, then roll away, that's a very common 
sound and story throughout the the haunted dorms and even if you're on the top floor so obviously no one's up there dropping marbles on the roof but uh, it was um a, a lot of stories brian hall um and i also found uh bush hall that was one that was the water and the marble and jefferson a couple uh articles reference jefferson that in the very top uh students would go there and they saw a, a lady sitting at a desk dressed in 1950s attire and they would go in the article i read they saw her and then they went to touch her and their hands went right through her so she was transparent and of course these college i think it was college girls at that time it was all all girl dorm uh, a little freaked out they went to get their ra when they went back she wasn't there not only there but the room was locked so uh yeah it's crazy not my first instinct to go touch the uh image there either i don't think <laughs> and i can't say i've yeah, never like... seen anything but uh that would not be my first i think we're talking no. first yeah I, I guess now we probably first thing is get out our camera and see if it records but i'm um, get out our phones but yeah, back then it's all word of mouth and you know i certainly believe in in, in ghosts and it makes sense i mean how long has jefferson hall been that was one of the first i believe so plenty of, of spookiness there yeah and i think the consistency of the stories is what makes it interesting as well yeah and that one had a consistency i'd say the bush hall and the brian hall not as consistent uh but but jefferson wilson certainly you hear about that a lot um washington hall was another one that's an east green building and this was allegedly haunted by a basketball team of high school girls who visited there to play in a tournament and their bus uh crashed and killed them all on the way home i did see this reference a couple times but i tried to um find you know story of a high school girls basketball time team being killed coming back from OU, and i couldn't find it i do know that there was a rec room in it and there were the boys basketball team hung out as well so i don't know if there was a tie into that you know maybe washington hall was yeah, you know, it's a basketball dorm at one time, and you know, some people say that that they may get confused. It's really the guys haunting it versus the high school girls who aren't students, and guy actually died on their way from leaving Athens after a game. So I don't know, but you hear running feet and bouncy balls. And I guess when we were there, the convocation center. Do you know if it was built to have dorms in it? Or they just kind of add them out of necessity. Um, I think. It I know there was people living there when we were there, and I would assume that they had it intended that just for the athletes, probably. I think that's probably the athletes moved from the haunted East Green to, uh, to Combo, make it better. Makes uh, perfect sense. Yeah, that that, that is, is probably exactly what happened. Uh, because it's got some stories about being haunted by several ghosts who uh, live in the dorm port, obviously. And this one ghost who was killed by her boyfriend roams the halls at night. And then a ghost of another student who died sleeping goes up to students who are sleeping and embraces them while they're sleeping at night. Uh, you know, spooning with a ghost, yeah, I guess. Yeah, hard pass. But what's that? Sit on pass on that. <laughs> yeah, I uh, get away from me, get away from me. And again, I guess you'd, your hand would go right through the person. You're like, oh. Yeah. Uh, Crawford Hall was mentioned a couple times because uh, there was a young woman named Laura who fell from the fourth floor. And now lights turn on, a door slams shut, and she liked Bob Marley. And one of the songs that she always plays will not play on any musical device. 
I don't know. That seems that like easy to test. To figure out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, I saw some of those. Uh, Sci-Fi has a um, Sci-Fi Channel has an episode on one of the scariest places on Earth where they mention Athens. And then there's also uh, hauntedathens.com. So, so very, I mean, this is, we need to have probably an expert come back and, and talk about some of these things. We're just touching on it. And there's other campus buildings, uh, the Brown House. Do you remember that? That was up across from Mimod, I think, on that street there where the Oasis was. Okay. And that was a house, uh, I think, inhabited by, I assume, professors. Um, and they had a swimming pool. And now the swimming pool's all, all covered up. But you can hear... Uh, you can see the lady watching over the children and children sounds in the swimming pool. And that's, the, as I mentioned, right next to College Green. So, wow, we got dorms, you know, outside of Athens, the ridges and the cemeteries. And it really makes Athens a very haunted and eerie place. I, I don't know. I guess what I like, Devin, tell me what you thought about it, is just researching this and goes back to what we started this show with is just the feel you get in Athens. And I never really thought, I thought it was kind of a feel of being at home and happiness and fond memories, but maybe it's a little more to it. Maybe it's uh, the feeling of being haunted and I'm just not aware of what that feeling is. Yeah. I don't know if I just take more of the, the history of the place around with me. Cause I never felt, you know, scared or watched or like anything like it was a bad juju or mojo or whatever around but you also know that um especially sometimes outside and you just get more in tune with the environment and like the the fact if the shawnee indians didn't go to specific places or the highest point you know a lot of times i feel like they were more in tune with their surroundings because they're and maybe because there weren't as many distractions but i think it's just I agree 100%. I mean, because yeah. that's where these came from. And then, you know, they were praying to all kinds of spirits with good reason because uh, they were more in tune. I mean, they li- truly lived off the land and were in tune to, I think their whole prospect of death was a little bit different too, that it was just more of a moving on from one life to another. And I think a lot of our folks in the world today just said, hey, you die and that's the end of it. And I certainly, um, after researching this and before I, I researched this, I I do believe in in the ghosts, and to your point about uh, you know the, the bad juju, I, I, ghosts aren't necessarily bad. If anything, they're probably yeah. uh, probably lonely. And I think that was interesting in the Coons' house out at Mount Nebo, where they're like, "Hey, uh, yeah, we don't have any guns in the afterlife, and here's a grocery list." And they're like, "You know what? I need some little Debbie peanut butter bars." Or and about all these some, uh, breweries now, can we get down to some of that? Yeah, exactly. They're like, yeah, it's, well, you know, in this one, they didn't mention, oh, they need musical instruments. I thought like the angels had harps, but maybe they didn't end up there. Maybe banjos, maybe banjos and harps just aren't quite the same, same thing. Yeah, you know, you're probably right. They're like, yeah, that harp music's fine. (laughs) I think that was kind of interesting. Yeah, that they, uh, they, they, the spirits drew up a shopping list or the Coonses were like, Hey, uh, we really can't afford for this extra house. So let's just have everyone pitch in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Pitch in. We'll tell them the spirits came up with the shopping list. Here's what you need to bring. Yeah. Yeah. Size six boys shoes. Uh, what do you mean? Size six <laughs> you know, the... boys shoes, a side dish and a guitar. Yeah, exactly. So they don't have to, the harps of heaven. 
But uh, that kind of wraps up. I think we uh, it's just interesting, and, and we do need to have probably a whole no, another episode on just the just the cemeteries and probably one on the dorms because there's books written about Athens. I mean, we just touched on it. And it wasn't at first. I thought it was just the campus, but it's it's the whole area, and that's what makes it kind of uh, kind of special. Another great thing about Athens. Exactly. Anything else to close with? Um, no, I think it's, yeah, like you said, it's an untapped, not untapped, but there's lots of th- stories there. And, and just there is an, an energy for sure that's within Athens that's not as prevalent outside or other communities that are in the area. It's just, it's just different altogether. So. Well, that wraps up this week. I hope you enjoyed our, our brief look at Haunted Athens. And more to follow. Look forward to a great 2020. And thank you for all your support and continue listening. Yeah, thanks, Dale. Take care.